When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian. You're listening to episode 383 of Sustainable Minimalists, a show about eco-friendly and intentional minimalist living. On today's show, we're discussing being the gatekeeper of your peace by getting serious, getting intentional with your cell phone use. I often talk about being the gatekeeper of your home. You are in charge of what comes into your home. If it's your home, you're in charge of protecting its boundaries. Today, we're expanding upon that idea, the gatekeeper idea, and we're stepping into our roles of being gatekeepers of our peace, of our well-being, by putting up those much-needed boundaries when it comes to our cellular phones. Now, this episode was inspired by a recent camping trip that I took, and so it's story time. We're not even a minute in, and here's a Stephanie story. A few weeks back, my sister and I were feeling quite ambitious. We decided we were going to take our children camping. So my oldest daughter is currently at sleepaway camp, I was bringing my six-year-old, and my sister was bringing her six-year-old and her three-year-old. Just two adults, three kids. We felt good about it. My sister chose a campsite that was two and a half hours away, and when we got to the campsite, I realized that I did not have cell phone service. I received a text from my eldest daughter's camp that she wanted to talk to me, and this was unusual because the camp really discourages the campers from talking to their parents on the phone, essentially. So that's a whole nother story. But I got a text that she needed to talk to me. I freaked out that something was wrong. I'm walking all over the campsite with my cell phone above my head, trying to get a signal. Picture it. I mean, just picture the ridiculousness of that image. Finally, you know, everything turns out to be fine with my daughter. I ended up having to drive out of the campsite, get in touch with my husband who called the camp, et cetera, et cetera. There was no emergency. She was just saying hi. And then after all that, you know, hullabaloo was taken care of, I thought to myself, this is so ridiculous. (laughs) Can I not go away for 24 hours and be cell phone free? Like, that is crazy. It was just a moment for me of like, what is going on? (laughs) The camp always had my husband's number. Like, why did I feel the need to leave the campsite to get a cell phone signal to solve this problem that I made up in my mind? And so in that moment, I decided to fully embrace camping with no cell phone. It didn't work anyway. I shut it off, put it in my car, 
And that singular decision, first of all, I didn't really make the decision. There was no cell phone service. The decision was forced upon me. And I'm grateful that that decision was forced upon me because it allowed me to fully recenter myself. I realized something really important during camping. And that is, I feel a certain way when I'm out and about, when I'm moving my body, when I'm in nature. I feel one way. And I feel a completely different way when I'm logged into the digital world on my computer or on my cell phone. The feelings, the two feelings that I'm discussing here are vastly different. The former energizes me. The latter sucks my energy dry. Now, I am fully aware that there are plenty of personalities on this planet that can manage the incessant and diverse inputs that our cell phones bombard us with every single day. My husband is one of these people. He rarely gets flustered. He rarely finds himself taken away by the cell phone inputs. (laughs) When he gets news on his phone, maybe like a bad work email, he tends to laugh about it. He kind of giggles. It's kind of cute. And I find this awe-inspiring because I am not one of these people. I needed to literally be in a dead zone without any means of communication with the outside world to realize that it's great and all to be the gatekeeper of your home and decide what stuff comes in and what stays. But the special sauce lies when we step into being the gatekeeper of our peace. That's where I've been failing, frankly, because when we're not our own gatekeeper, Anything and everything gets unfettered access to your life, to your attention, to your focus. Our cell phones take us out of real life living and put us smack dab into the fake, curated, and perfectly and intentionally addictive digital world. That's a problem because if you're like me, you can't be mentally everywhere all at once. Your focus will indeed dwindle. You may feel scatterbrained and overwhelmed. You may feel as though you're juggling all the proverbial balls at your own expense. (laughs) And that's my MO for sure, right? Like I can keep all the balls in the air. I weirdly pride myself on that. But I suffer. My wellness suffers when I try to do all the things and manage all the inputs. So that's where this episode comes in today. Being your own gatekeeper means you take responsibility for what you allow into your life and when. Not only do you get to choose the who and the what, but you also get to decide the how. It's not about, you know, throwing your cell phone out the window or never logging on again. It's not about completely isolating yourself digitally. It's not about saying no to the cell phone all the time. It's more about cutting back. And so we've all heard the advice, haven't we? Turn off the push notifications, delete some apps. Delete accounts on social media that don't serve you. Use a screen time blocker or a limit tracker to make it tougher to log back on. Yeah, we've all heard these boundaries, right? Time and time again. But at least for me, that advice is stale. It doesn't cut it. And so when it comes to being the gatekeeper of your peace by honing in on your cell phone use, I have five ideas for you today. And I should say that I am indeed practicing what I preach. I am actively doing all five of these ideas as we speak each and every day. I have struggles and successes each and every day as well. I'll be frank about that. 
But let's get right into it because holy moly, I just talked for seven minutes and we haven't even gotten into the content yet. So tip number one, idea number one is less of a doing and more of an observing. And that is, of course, to notice how you feel when you're on your cell phone. Our cell phones and specifically apps and definitely social media, but all of it, it is designed, it is intentionally designed to be addictive. So if you feel as though it's hard to stay away from the device, know first and foremost that it's not your fault. These devices are, again, intentionally made to hook you at the cost of your own time, at the cost of your own comfort, at the cost of your own well-being. So idea number one, tip number one, step number one, whatever we want to call it, is to be the observer. Observe how you're feeling just before you pick up your cell phone. Boredom is what often comes up for me. It's almost as though I have a free moment and my mind doesn't know what to do with that moment of space. (laughs) So my hand reflexively reaches for my phone. I have an episode coming out in the next few weeks, by the way, on the importance of allowing yourself to be bored. I'm speaking with a researcher who studies boredom. And the take-home message is that boredom has many, many personal benefits. But we don't allow ourselves to be bored anymore, do we? We don't give ourselves the time, the space to let our minds wander, to let ourselves be bored. And so that's a tangent. And perhaps boredom is not what's coming up for you when you reach for your phone. Maybe it's loneliness. Social media does indeed have one benefit in that for those of us who identify as female, social media does tend to bridge the loneliness gap. Social media tends to make us feel less lonely. Not the same for men, by the way. But maybe you're not feeling bored. Maybe you're not feeling lonely. Maybe you're not feeling sad. Maybe you're not feeling anything. Maybe you just reach for your phone reflexively. And that's neither right nor wrong, good nor bad. It's just data for you as you seek to be the gatekeeper of your cell phone use, right? Also, observe how you're feeling when you're on your device, like when you're on social media. How do you feel? So for me, when I pick up my phone, I generally do three things in this order, and it's super lame, and I can't believe I'm putting this out there because I sound so pathetic. But number one, I check my email. Number two, I check Instagram. Number three, I check Facebook. By the time I get to Facebook, I'm feeling let down because I've learned that my phone never gives me whatever it is I'm looking for, whether it's another ping, another like, another whatever. It, it's not giving me the validation, the connection, the boredom busting that I'm looking for. It almost always lets me down. And so observe, how do you feel when you're on it? Is whatever need that you're seeking to fill filled when you're on it or not? And again, there's no right or wrong answer to these questions. It's just data. So that's that's step one, okay? Step two is something I've been actually doing for years and I'm never gonna stop. It is to go for walks without your cell phone. Unless you are expecting an important call, you can take 30 minutes to yourself without being on. If you walk your dog every morning, walk the dog phone free. No, you do not need to listen to your Spotify playlist on your walk. You could listen to the birds instead. 
right? Just last week on Headlines, again, another tangent. This is going to be a story-heavy, tangent-heavy episode. I should have mentioned that at the outset. Buckle up, my friends. But last week on Headlines, I mentioned new research that found that seeing or hearing birds can be good for your mental well-being. Birds help us feel more connected with nature and natural stimuli, including birdsong, as well as looking at trees, Natural stimuli helps us engage in soft fascination, which is the term used to describe our attention being held while also allowing our attention to replenish. So go for walks without your phone and see how that feels for you. Might be hard the first time. You might be like, oh, where's my phone? But just try it. Just try it because, again, remember, we're intentionally inserting space into our lives, Before you got your first cell phone, you had an awful lot of space in your life. The cell phone now, if you're like me at least, sucks up that free space. We're reinserting the space, the white space into our lives. So go for a walk without your phone. Idea number three for you today. This is something I'm really working on. (laughs) Is to log off at the end of the workday. Okay, so yes. The workforce's transition to working from home has allowed for much needed flexibility for many families, my family included. I certainly will never deny or diminish this fact. However, working from home has a major unintended consequence, and it is this. The workday sneakily gets longer, doesn't it? Maybe you find yourself checking your email the first thing as you drink your coffee or maybe even earlier. Maybe you check your work email while you're still lying in bed. Holy moly, you're working from bed? Gross. Maybe it's on the other end of your day. Maybe you're logging back on to do one more little thing after the kids are in bed so that your following day is a little bit lighter. That's my husband's MO and it's not cute because... Once the kids are in bed, it's husband and wife time. It's our time to replenish our marriage. But he's doing work. And so if any of this sounds like your experience, I suggest, again, you first simply notice that it's happening. And then ask yourself, is an extended workday serving you? It's certainly serving your employer. But is it serving you? I know for me personally, I need off time. (laughs) I need time to be fully invested in the other facets of my life and my other relationships. I can't be fully invested in anything else when I'm always multitasking, when I'm always sneakily working. And so speaking of multitasking, let's talk about multitasking for a minute. Research finds time and time and time again that the human brain cannot multitask effectively from an evolutionary perspective. That means that we were not designed to multitask. And if we do it, we're not being effective at any of the tasks we're trying to do all at once. Multitasking lowers productivity, slows task completion, decreases task quality, creates stress, and leads to burnout. So It doesn't even matter how good you think you are at multitasking because our brains are not wired to multitask. So even if you think you're the world's greatest multitasker, yeah, you might be better than everybody else, but you're still not all that good at it. We're not made to multitask. 
And, you know, we tend to think of multitasking in the context of work, our professional lives, but it applies to all areas of life, doesn't it? This is kind of off topic, again, another tangent, but if you're doing housework, let's say, and on your travels through your home, let's say you're putting away laundry, you spy a mess to clean up somewhere. And so you stop putting the laundry away to clean up the mess, or perhaps you're cleaning up the mess while you're putting the laundry away. This is just one example. But stop doing that. Just stop it. Do the laundry first. Complete the task in its entirety. Check it off your mental to-do list. Feel good about completing a task in its entirety from start to finish. And then go back to the mess, wherever it was, whatever it was. Focus on one task at a time in your professional life, in your personal life, everywhere in between. Give that one task your all, because remember, we human beings are not designed to multitask. All right, so we're going to take a quick ad break. We just have one ad today. And then when we come back, I've got two more tips, a final word, and an eco tip. So stay with me. We'll be back in a minute. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back on today's show. We're discussing being the gatekeeper of your peace by getting intentional with your cell phone use once and for all. Before the break, I gave you three ideas. And let's recap so we're all on the same page. Idea number one is to be the observer. Notice how you feel when you're on your phone. And that's not a one and done thing, by the way. It's not like, oh, I'm going to just observe how I feel this one time. No, it's like every time. (laughs) (laughs) for weeks, for months, for years. Observe how you feel. Observe what's going on for you before you pick it up, etc. Idea number two was to start going on walks without your phone. 
Maybe even you go for a short drive without your phone. Like start thinking about the ways, start brainstorming the ways, the areas in your life in which you could perhaps leave your phone at home. Tip number three, step number three was to log off at the end of the workday. So perhaps you work from home, perhaps you don't work from home, but you find yourself working from home after you get home. Stop that. The only person who benefits or the only thing that benefits is your employer. You don't benefit when you're constantly working nine times out of 10. Now we're on to step number four, which is delete whatever you can from your phone and know that the stuff, the apps that you're reluctant to delete are the ones you likely should be deleting first. So we already covered this. Your apps are designed by nature to be addictive. They're designed to keep you there longer than you wanted to, longer than you intended. They're also designed to make money. So those push notifications are designed to get you back into the app, right? Because either you're paying for the app, you've given the app creator your money for the app, or the app is quote unquote free, but the app creators are making their money off of the ads that you see and potentially engage with when you're on the app. So of course, they want you to be on their app for as long and as often as possible so that again, you interact with more ads and they make more money. I want you to really experiment with this. Try to delete those apps that you tend to click through first. So I mentioned again, really pathetic. First it's email for me, then it's Instagram, then it's Facebook, and then I feel disgusted with myself and I put my phone away. So I am, again, practicing what I preach. I deleted my work email from my phone. I deleted Instagram from my phone. I deleted Facebook from my phone. This was extremely difficult for me as someone who is indeed addicted to her cell phone. This was really hard. But if we talk about work email, my work email that I deleted for a minute, I know deep inside that keeping the podcast email on my phone and checking it at all hours, nine o'clock at night, 6 a.m., and every time there's a new message, keeping my work email on my phone is not serving me. (laughs) Because when I have my work email on my phone and someone at 5.30 p.m. sends me something horrible, and not a listener, by the way, like an ad agency or my hosting provider or somebody who, again, is making money off of me. When somebody is walking out the door and then right before, you know, the end of the workday, 5, 5.30 p.m., they send me, you know, something horrible and then they log off, they win because I'm going to be the one who's stewing about this email that I never should have read all night long, perhaps all weekend long, right? They win. So I need to put up a boundary there so that I'm not ruining my evening, so that I'm not ruining my weekends. Work is for work hours, and that's something I'm really struggling with. Facebook and Instagram, too. Yes, I get entertainment (laughs) from my apps. Yes, I get a bit of connection and interaction, especially on Instagram. But I have to constantly remind myself, and I'm reminding myself, out loud right now, that real living does not happen on a screen, at least not for me. And so deleting those apps are 
It's not fun. It's not what I want to do. But for the time being, it's allowing me to step more confidently into my real life, which is with real people, not accounts, <laughs> not memes. <laughs> and and so it's something I don't want to do, but it's something I have to do, at least in the interim, at least for the time being. So delete whatever apps you can from your phone. And remember that the stuff you don't want to delete is very likely the stuff you should be deleting first. Like if you still have Candy Crush on your phone circa 2000, I don't know, 2010 maybe, <laughs> but you never play Candy Crush and you delete Candy Crush and you say to yourself, yes, yeah, Stephanie, I'm doing it. No, that's not doing it because Candy Crush is not where your attention is pulled to, right? You got to delete the apps that you go to first, that you click on first. And then my final tip for you today is one that I am absolutely killing it at. I'm doing so good at this. <laughs> so I'm tapping myself on the back because I'm not doing good at all other steps, but I am doing great at this one. And that is to not bring your phone to bed. Don't bring it to bed. There are so many relaxation benefits that have been documented when you keep your cell phone away from your bed, your bedroom, right? Have you ever been to a hotel and like you get into the soft satiny sheets and it feels so nice to have that time to yourself and you just feel yourself taking a big sigh of relief? Has that ever happened to you? It's a great feeling, isn't it? It's like for that moment, all the weight of the world is off your shoulders. Well, keeping your phone away from your bedroom can replicate that feeling. I promise. Just trust me. <laughs> so it used to be that I would shut my phone off at night, but keep it in my room. So it's off. So nobody can reach me. No inputs to disrupt my peace. And that felt good to me, I should say. I felt like I was doing something good for my well-being. However, over time, I realized that the second my eyes popped open in the morning, I would reach for my cell phone. So the space, that white space that we're trying to reinsert in our lives, cell phone free, there was almost none in my mornings because I would start to stir, start to wake up. My arm would reflexively reach up to my nightstand to get my phone and then it would be on. Zero white space there, right? So now I'm leaving my phone downstairs. I have to get up, go downstairs, make my coffee, turn my phone on. I'm inserting a bit of space. And I am playing with extending that white space, that time without my phone. So coming downstairs, making my coffee, emptying the dishwasher, etc. Perhaps walking the dog even. Perhaps bringing the kids to the bus stop even. And then turning on my cell phone. Because whatever's on there, it can wait. It really, truly can. It can wait. Try it. And again, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be really uncomfortable at first. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate me. But stick with it. Because one study found that sleeping without a phone nearby does improve sleep, does improve the quality of your relationships, does improve your focus during the day, and of course, does improve your well-being. Keeping your phone away from your bed increases your happiness and your quality of life. And that's not me saying it, even though I have indeed experienced those benefits, that's what research has found. I also have mentioned on a previous episode, and this isn't one of the five ideas we're talking about today, but I think it's 
definitely applicable, is that my husband and I have been quietly experimenting with cell phone free times in the evenings. So again, we didn't announce this to our kids, but we did talk about it. And that is from the hours of about 4.30 to when the kids go to bed at about 8. Our phones are on, but they're just far, far away. So if we're in the kitchen eating dinner, they're nowhere near us. If I'm reading to my daughter in her bedroom, the phone stays downstairs. And the reason for that is because there's a thing. First of all, it's called fubbing, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. I had never heard this word before. But it's what happens when we ignore our children and instead look at our phone. So my daughter's talking to me. I'm, you know, pretending to listen to her, you know, saying, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Maybe I'm listening slightly to her. I think I'm an amazing multitasker. I'm not. So I'm listening to her. I'm also checking my cell phone. That's fubbing. And studies are slowly coming out with research with regard to the effects of fubbing on our children. Of course, no surprise, fubbing can make children feel inadequate, lonely, rejected, dismissed. And at the end of the day, right, like what's most important to me? My children. And so if that means that I have to keep my cell phone in a completely other room so that I show them just how important they are to me, then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do it happily. So my final word for you today is that being your own gatekeeper, being the gatekeeper of your peace is a privilege because it means you're empowered to decide who and what has access to your well-being and when. You are empowered to grow into the best person you can be precisely because you have made the hard decision to filter out the excess noise. My eco tip for you today comes from listener Melanie. Melanie wrote to me, and this is so cute, I love it. She said that she wanted to get new pots for her plants, and she's found herself driving to a regular brick and mortar store, but then she changed her mind and she opted to go to the thrift store instead. And then as she was looking around the thrift store, she saw many cups and pitchers and containers. She changed her mind a second time, and she decided that she didn't need to buy anything because she could use a beautiful but old mug or bowl that she already had at home. So she purchased nothing. She reused what she had. Excellent job, Melanie. That's a great reminder for all of us. Shop your home. See what you got first before we go out and try to purchase something new. Listeners, will be back on Tuesday where we're talking about the gender-neutral clothes movement for our children. I'll see you on Tuesday. Reach out if you need me. My email is off my phone, so it might take me a couple days to get back to you, but reach out if you need me and take care.